Hey guys, my name is Josh Alvarez, and welcome to episode 39 of Cinepunks. Um, this week's episode is the fourth, or actually the fifth in our installment of horror-themed podcasts that we've been doing since uh, we started with our friend Sam Deegan uh, when we were discussing um, British horror films from, uh, like, the Hammer horror films, even though they weren't technically Hammer horror films. But you know what I'm saying if you've been listening this long. So, um, this week's episode is done live from the lobby of the International House during the uh, annual event of Exune Films, the 24-hour horror marathon. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend this one this year because, um, you know, I was working, I work on a hospital schedule, so I have to work every other weekend. But uh, thankfully, Liam was there, and he was selling our new print for, the exclusive print for uh, Cinepunk's t-shirts that we made. Um but yeah, it sounds like it was an awesome time. I really am bummed that I wasn't there. Uh, shout out to Exune Films, to Joseph and uh, and crew, for uh, and Dan and everybody for uh, letting us set up and letting us be a part of um, you know a Philadelphia tradition that we all love very much in this little community of ours. Um, the last time that I was at Exune Films 24-Hour Horror Fest was, I think, last year, maybe the year before. All I know is that I had to get there late. I rode my bicycle, and I popped both of my tires on the way there. And then Melania had to come pick me up with her car. And then when we got to the theater, there was a uh, bag of smart food popcorn on my chair which i then sat on because it was a black bag and it made this loud pop and then popcorn was everywhere and it bummed out a bunch of people uh myself included but um you know it's always fun it's always like the best event it's one of our favorite events of the year for sure um between that and this is hardcore those are the two things that liam and i look forward to every year and Every year, we're never disappointed. Every year, it's always a super fun, super duper good time. And we get to see a lot of friends, eat a lot of junk food, and watch awesome movies. And, you know, what else do you want? You know what I mean? That's just pretty awesome. So, um, again, thank you to the Zoom crew for uh, letting us set up in the lobby. Thanks to my uh, my hetero life partner and life coach, Liam O'Donnell, for doing the episode on his own. And um, if you did buy a T-shirt from us... If you would kindly email them or uh, you could send them as direct messages to uh, our Instagram account at Cinepunks and we will post them and it'll look cool. We'll look really cool if a bunch of people send us pictures of them wearing our shirts because that shit's awesome. All right. Well, on to the episode. And this is Josh Alvarez signing off. Uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Smoke bomb. I think it actually touched your teeth. Oh, no. All right. Hey, uh, I'm Liam O'Donnell. I'm Jacob Knight. We're here uh, at the 24-Hour Harathon. Is this the ninth one? Did I read that correctly? Yes. It is the ninth annual 24-Hour Harathon. This is crazy. I can't believe there's been nine of these. Um, we're here. It's an excited crowd. It's a mixed crowd of weirdos. There are, as always, more people here that I've never seen before with a lot of the same people. So it's like a strange thing where it's like, oh, look, people who are clearly new, and then, oh, I've been seeing you since I was like 15 years old. So I kind of enjoy that. Jacob, what are you thinking about today? What are you excited for? What are you hoping to see? What is your excitement level? I am super duper pumped to even... Sorry, what? Take it from me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm uh, really excited to be back. Uh, 
because I left for a year, missed one. I had gone to 7th Street, and then now I basically get to hang out with all of these weirdos. And you, who, not to exclude you from the weirdo category at all, but um, I'm just really excited. I'm hoping they go real deep cut today, more than anything. I think that's the part it's str- it's hard to explain to people who haven't been that part of the reason we go to sit in a theater and watch movies for 24 hours is the people because I think the expectation is that that is a solitary activity I don't know how you feel about that but to me this is actually a communal activity do you think you could explain that to someone who doesn't who isn't familiar with that experience no um <laughs> Just because I feel like it's a generational thing at this point um, that only a few, especially repertory groups like Exhumed Films or, you know, you go down to the uh, Alamo Drafthouse in like Austin, Texas, is that they're still trying to preserve the idea that movies are supposed to be shared in the dark with people that you, you know, complete strangers that you've never met before. Um so, but that is part of the exciting part of the 24-hour marathon is that you're you're taking in something that is kind of outsider, kind like super weird, but appreciated by the other what 400 people that are here that surround you and that now sell this thing out in less than an hour every year, and. Um, yeah, it's just a really amazing experience. It's why I wanted to fly back for this is because you you it's magic. And it's it's lost on a lot of for lack of a better term millennial audiences. I I am perpetually the millennial defender. I will say there of these 300, I think it's 350 is the size of the theater. Something like that. There's at least 20 people here who are too young to remember any of these movies. So I kind of respect that. Those those 20 or so kids who are like, oh, sure, I don't even remember. I mean, there are kids here young enough that I don't think they remember video stores. Or if they do, it's like a vague childhood memory as video stores. And yet they're here for this thing. That's kind of cool. So I like that. The reality is, though, most of us here are in our 30s and 40s. I mean, that's the majority of this group of people is people for whom going to a video store or going to the theater with your friends was still a huge part of who they were. Well, as somebody who still works in a video store part-time, yeah, I can tell you that many people do not understand. And it it stretches beyond, like, 20-somethings. It's even, like, people who are older than us. Like, I work at Vulcan Video down in Austin, and they... You'll have 50 and 60 year old couples who come in and they're like, well, how does this work? Are the movies on the shelves? Do we need a membership? What does it cost? And you're just like, have you, did you just go like slip into a coma, like post blockbuster? (laughs) Because, you know, this was a huge part of our culture. And so was movie going was a huge part of our culture. But with the, the invent and popularity of streaming, um, you know, we kind of lost a bit of that magic. And the, quite frankly, the big thing that I love about Exhumed and places like Exhumed is that it's all about, they show essentially what's trash art, um, for lack of a better term. And But you're still supposed to treat it like art. We're not here to heckle these movies. We're not here to enjoy them ironically. It's you find pleasure 
in what other people would probably think is garbage, but that's special, and that's something to be preserved. I think one of the hardest things for us to do is to look objectively onto the past without a sense of superiority. Like, any one of these movies I might watch and say, oh, that part is stupid. But I don't get to come here and say, the reason I am here is to mock these movies, to mock the people who made them. I might in my heart think, oh, this is actually, this movie is actually, that's ridiculous, what just happened. But we don't, as, a, as an audience, just go at it. It's not like a, like a fucking schlock fest. And again, I don't want to say that there's no value to people who do that. But that is not, I know Jacob wants to say there is no value to the mystery science theaters of the world. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with them. And in some rare cases, those people do respect it. They're just, you know, they're making fun of a thing that they love. But I do think it can lead to people for whom they know never engage the art, the film on its own terms. They only engage it for the purposes of mocking it, which is too often about feeling smart and feeling superior, and not actually about any insight or humor in a real way. And that really bums me out. Um, That being said, I'm sure we're going to see at least one movie, if not multiple movies, that are going to be ridiculous, that we are going to think, how is this a fucking movie, and how have I not seen this before? Although maybe we've seen them. I don't know. That's the pure joy. And yes, there is no value to people who mock movies. Sorry. I'm just, I'm going to go all in on that one. But there is, there is, uh, that's kind of one of the best parts of these marathons is the, the movies that I remember most are the ones that come out of left field. The Night Warnings, The Raw Forces, The Boarding House, of, uh, or The Blood Diner, you know, d- type films that you never saw coming and even afterwards like when they program them at three four or five in the morning they feel like dreams that you have and you can't escape and man i hope we get one of those this year that's why i really hope that we go deep cut with some of the or the programmers go deep cut with some of these because those are the movies that i want to go home and i want to write about and like share to the world and just kind of uh, because I feel like there, there's a there's a similarity between this and church for me is that it's all about taking in this particular type of trash religion and then going out and extolling the virtues of it and sharing because isn't uh, being evangelical so much better than mocking something because you just want to spread the love and you want people to see these things that are just uh, complete face melters for lack of a better term but I'm, I'm really excited I can't wait for this to start you opened up for me to talk about the only thing I know about uh, other than weird weird music and movies is religion. And so I will say, when we were in school, people always talked about the, the second naivete. So you have what you were describing, the evangelicalism or fundamentalism or however people want to think of it, is the first naivete where you just take everything. Then you have this critical stage that comes in many different forms where people sort of question stuff. The second naivete is, yeah, 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 no, I know all the problems. I see all the seams. I know how these things are good and bad. I really see for what it is. But I'm 
going to invest anyway just to see how it is for me, even knowing all the problems. For me, that is the way that we should be responding to these movies. We know some of them were money grabs. We know some of them had trouble on set. We know some of them, the whole cast was drugged out and didn't even know what was happening. That doesn't mean anything to me. It actually is a good effect. In some ways, it might even enhance my enjoyment of a movie as knowing those things. So I, I think that that second feeling of, sure, I totally understand the issues. I totally understand that some of these movies are going to be, I mean, maybe not today, but in general, you can see something that's like just awful, just offensive, just just pure, like, you know, grime. And that doesn't mean you're not going to like it. <laughs> and and at the same time, allowing yourself to have your own decisions. You know, I, for, at X-Fest, me and Sean were not stoked on a movie that I know you love. Uh, the rooster fighting movie. What is that? Cockfighter or whatever. We weren't stoked on it because we were just kind of like, I don't really want to watch all the cockfighting. I'm not really stoked on that. But that doesn't, what I want to avoid and I feel bad saying this since Josh just did it, but what I want to avoid is I want to be able to have an opinion about a movie without forming an opinion about that movie's audience. I want to be able to say, it's cool that you like Cockfighter, even though personally, that's not my shit. Well, the fact that you guys don't like Cockfighter is kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you don't like Monty Hellman pictures, it's you. I don't know what to say to you. I couldn't get through the cockfighting. And that's fair. Like, if, if you can't handle the cockfighting, that's cool. But, I mean, again, yeah, this is all about enjoyment today, and it's all about spreading the love. And I really, I mean, I can't wait for all 14 of these movies to unfurl and just completely bulldoze my mind. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be films that we watch that... You see the seams and you see the odd creative decisions, but that, for me, again, for writing, for uh, I write for Burke Movies Death, if we haven't said that already. Um, but uh, that's one of the big things is going back and researching these things and finding out, like, why did that person look like they were on dope for the last 12 months of their life? Um, they probably were. Yeah. But uh, it's... Yeah, that's part of the fun, contextualizing them and kind of finding where they fit in both history and whoever made them's career. So, But uh, that's where I'm going to leave it, and I'm ready to jump in. Yeah. All right, we're about to get started. Uh, we'll, we're going to check in again. Um, we'll probably check in a few times throughout the fest just sort of to comment on some of the things we've seen and what our exhaustion level is. Uh, yeah, so talk to you in a little bit. Hey, what's your name? My name is Dan. Dan, uh, how many times have you been in the Harathon? What, like five or six? Ninth one? Oh, wow. So a lot more than that. Because I think the only one I didn't go to is like the third. Yeah. What is your fondest memory of a film at Harathon? Uh, when they showed Dawn of the Dead at like two in the morning or something like that. Or like midnight. It was something like this old... like looks like 16 millimeter print of dawn of the dead started playing and everybody just like literally lost their shit that and boarding house is a second and raw third raw force would have to be a third what is your least favorite memory of a film at uh the harathon um when they played that alice cooper um 
concert film and like everybody just it was a hard sit through like I'm not a, sorry I'm not an Alice Cooper fan but like it was like a concert film and I understand it's very hard to come by but I just I went and got a hoagie what is the first film that you remember from youth or teenage years whenever freaking you the fuck out oh shit um that would have to be crap uh it would have to also be like um last house on the left because my mom was a big um last house on the left fan not something you should show to kids no no awesome thanks dan let's try it all right uh what's your name scott cole scott how many times you've been in a marathon I think this is my sixth one. Kind of lose track after a while. Do you feel as if they sort of smush together a little bit where it's hard to remember the details of each one? Yes, absolutely. I've, I've tried to keep lists just to, just to keep it straight. I know some people who do like letterbox uh, lists of what gets shown. I always have to refer back to those. I think I'm going to have to start doing that all the time or I'm going to forget. Uh, what is your best memory of a film at Harathon? I would say probably boarding house and in at like whatever it was four a.m. Everybody was punch drunk. It was hilarious. It's a ridiculous film, and and I I didn't stop laughing for an hour and a half or ever or however long it was. That was good. And uh, probably when they showed Suspiria, that was a good memory. Uh, It was a really nice print. Good timing. Beautiful to see. What is your least favorite film memory from the Harathon? Oh, there have been some bad ones. <laughs> Movies I don't even remember the titles of. Um, one, I don't know if this would be a good memory or a bad memory, but when they showed Inferno and the fire alarms went off and everybody had to go outside in the cold, that was, that was annoying but also hilarious and, and very appropriate given the title of the film. It was kind of a cool event. <laughs> Uh, what is what is the first movie you remember scaring the shit out of you? I remember I remember watching the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was I was either nine or ten, and like the year a year or two before I'd had friends over for my birthday party to watch Poltergeist sure. on VHS. Kids freaked out, went home crying. I loved it. I had this idea that the next year I wanted to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre for some reason, and my dad decided maybe it'd be a good idea to preview it before having a bunch of kids over. And uh, we watched it, and I, I think I was probably freaked out by it at that age, especially the dinner table scene. We decided not to show it for the, for the birthday party. But it also kind of continued to grow my love for this sort of film so that's great that's a great story if you had to predict one movie you think you might see today what would you guess oh boy i honestly have no idea every year i come to this thinking i'm gonna fill out the you know get the clues fill out the form win prizes and i never have any clue hey man what's your name jeff uh jeff have you been how many times have you been to harthon let me guess five times you are correct, sir. <laughs> uh, as a five-timer, um, how about you don't predict what you think you're going to see? Uh, what is something you would love to see today? If you, had to, if you could choose, what is something you would like to see? One of the later, crappier Friday the 13th, maybe like part six. 
<laughs> I appreciate that. What is your best Hearthon memory? Uh, probably seeing uh, Suspiria on the big screen. Yeah. yeah, you're not alone on that one. What is your worst Hearthon memory? That one they showed a couple years ago at like three in the morning with like the Mexican movie with like the knockoff children's characters. Oh shit! I forgot all about that. I I that is a fever dream for me because I was laying on the floor trying to sleep and I couldn't. And I remember weird weird parts of it. Uh, what is the first film you remember making you lose your shit, making you just frightened out of your mind, making you just be like, "What the fuck is this? Why am I watching this?" Uh, when my no good son of a bitch brother showed me The Exorcist when I was eight years old. Um, it really damaged me. Yeah, okay. I, I feel like eight and Exorcist is not actually a good combination, so I appreciate that. All right. Hey, thanks for talking to me. Uh, thank you. What's your name? Sean Benesign. People might know Sean from his multiple appearances on the show, one in which he was drunk. It was great. <laughs> especially, especially since Josh had never seen me drunk, and it tickled him so much. He was so stoked on you drunk. He thought that was the best thing ever. Okay, uh, Sean, how many times have you been to Harthon? I think this is my third, maybe my fourth. All right, maybe your fourth, maybe your fourth. So you've been a few times, enough times that I would ask, if you could try to predict one movie you think you'll see today, knowing that you're likely wrong... But predicting anyway, what would it be? Hmm. Is there a third chud? <laughs> God, I, I would hope so, but I doubt it. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, feel, I just looked up all the ones they showed, and most of the things I had predicted, they've shown already. How about this? If you could choose a movie for them to show, not predict, but just like you're going to choose it like you're at a fucking venue and you're going to get a choice, what would you like to see today? Phantasm 3, because I've never seen it before. I've never seen it before either, actually. That's a, that, that would be so weird. Okay, uh, what is your best film memory at the Harathon? Of the Harathon? Yeah. Either, and I forget the name of the movie, the first one we went to with the stepmom where she goes just batshit crazy. She goes from like slightly creepy to batshit crazy. Night warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- either that or seeing meet, and I always get either Deedles or Feebles. Meet I forget. Feebles. Meet the Feebles for the first time here because that totally hit my surprise and I loved it. What is your worst movie memory from Harathon? Ooh, ooh. Is it that really boring French werewolf's porn? That was pretty bad. I honestly, I, that would be my answer, except for I completely slept through that movie, so I have no memory of it other than the title screen. It's either that or that, that one last year, House at Dead End Street or something, though, because lately I've developed sort of aversion to really, um, what's the word I want to use here, sort of nihilistic torture type stuff, because I can kind of imagine it happening to my daughter, and that really gets to me. So, whereas before I probably would have found it boring, I did find it disturbing. I appreciate that description is better than what I usually go with, which is just rapey. So that was, I feel like you got more into the grit of it. Uh, what is the first movie you remember watching that fucked your shit right up? Oh, Return of the Jedi. What? <laughs> I was three. I was scared of the Rancor. I hid under the seat and my dad told me to get up because it's not real. That's the best answer we've gotten so far. Sean, thank you for talking to us. You're welcome. Hey, uh, Jagoff, what's your name? Jacob Knight. 
Uh, how many times have you been to the Harthon? This will be my eighth. Eight times. So you're an old timer. Yeah, I went from year. Well, I mean, I've been going to exhumed events since like Friday the 13th Part 3D. But as soon as they did it, uh, they I went from year one to year seven, and then moved to Austin and missed year eight, but flew back for year nine. Yes. All right. Uh, if you were forced to predict some movie that was going to be played today. You don't think you can predict, can you? No one can. I need to stop asking the prediction question. Um, I'm going to go with some Wes Craven deep cut of... I know Deadly Friend just played Terror Tuesday, and they share prints sometimes, so maybe Deadly Friend. That would be cool, actually. I've never seen Deadly Friend, so I'd be stoked on that. Um, if you could choose a movie, you got to say, I want to see this, this is what we're going to see, what would you choose? I know it's too long to fit into the horror block, but I'd love to see Life Force with an audience. Yes, I would love that as well. <laughs> what is your best movie memory from Harathon? Night Warning or Raw Force. Either one was like just face-melting insanity. I miss the year that they showed Raw Force, and it, that bums me out. What is your worst film memory from Harathon? Ooh. Well, get, that's a tough question because it's like is it the worst film or the worst print i would say the worst memory you had the worst experience watching this movie i hated that what was it little red riding hood and the monsters the one that was like rebranded and the whole the print was pink and i didn't understand why that had to play that whole movie is just a fever dream for me because I laid on the floor and tried to sleep and I couldn't. So I just have glimpses of it in my brain and I, I hate it. And they're all talking in like chipmunk voices to each other. And at one point, I think that, again, this might be my fever dream remembrance of it. But didn't a skunk like jerk somebody off in it at some point? I don't think I think a skunk humped somebody. I don't know if there was a jerk off, but it was definitely something like that. Yeah, that's why it's half remembered, and I don't ever want to see it again. What is the first movie you remember that just fucked your shit up, that just freaked you out, that really got under your skin? Um, I don't know. Well, I don't know if it's the first, but it's the one that I definitely saw, like, probably way too young and still fucks with me at almost 33 years old is Hellraiser. Is still, man, th that movie is fucked up. I, I realized, someone pointed out recently that in one of my journals of fear, I was too harsh on Hellraiser 2, and I realized it's because I had just watched Hellraiser and remembered that Hellraiser is the source of many of my nightmares. So Hellraiser 2 just didn't have the same visceral control on me anymore. Still actually pretty good, but I had kind of been like, whatever, it's no Hellraiser, and they were offended at what I said. That might have been me. I, was, I think Hellraiser 2 is like one of the better horror sequels of all time. I think that's probably true. I don't know why I was not into it at the time, but whatever. It is what it is. Hey, Jacob, thanks for talking to us. You're very handsome. <laughs> okay, bye. All right. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Ian. Ian, where'd you come here from? Boston, Massachusetts. That's quite a trip. Uh, how many years have you been coming to the Harathon? I think this is my fifth Harathon and probably my tenth Exhumed show. All right, all right. That's that's actually pretty impressive coming from Boston. That's that's a huge thing. At least twice a year, I come for the X Fest and the uh, Harathon. That's awesome. So you are, a, you know, a little bit of a Harathon veteran at this point. A little bit. 
Not, a little bit. If you had to take a guess, an uninformed guess, as to one of the movies you think you'll see today, what would you guess? Ooh, well, I wish my buddy Webb was here because he's much better at predicting these things than I am. Uh, if I had to take a guess... Man, that's, I'm going to give you... I'm not going to have a good answer for this question. How about this? If you could choose a movie, let's say they said you're going to get to choose one movie, what movie would you like to see today? Fuck. Can I think about this for a while? Sure, let me go with this one. What is your greatest movie memory at the Harathon, specifically? Oh, okay, yeah, let's see. At the Harathon, probably... What's the best, what's the best movie we've seen here? The most... Black Magic was pretty great. Um, uh, what, what was the Argento movie last year? Demons 2. Demons, yeah. That was awesome. Demons 2 was absolutely fantastic. Uh, finally getting to see like some of those Italian films in film. I'd only seen them on VHS. Totally different experience. So Demons 2, pretty amazing. What is your worst movie memory from the Harathon? Well, I might be uh, in the minority here, so I know this was a popular one, but I Toxic Zombies was definitely, I think also it just happened to be pretty late in the run, and I'd seen enough zombie movies to be pretty uh, done with, with seeing them in that particular 24-hour period, so that was probably one of my uh, all-time least favorite uh, things. Also, seeing Night Train to Terror for a second time, because I had seen it a year before at another theater in 35, and knowing that I actually liked it more the second time, but it was still probably one of my least favorites. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is the first movie you remember scaring the shit out of you? That's very easy. Uh, Poltergeist, Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper's movie Poltergeist. I was, um, I was 11 when that movie came out. It was PG. I went with my mom and uh, it scared me for a good full year. It took me six months to be back in my room after that. I slept on my parents' floor and then gradually moved out to the hallway and then gradually moved to the guest room and finally back into my own room. And I was, yeah, I was pretty, I had a thin skin because it's not the scariest movie in the world, but certainly to the young me, it was pretty terrifying. It is a great movie. I have seen it since many times and it's a wonderful movie. As a kid, Poltergeist is terrifying. You know what I mean? Like, even if now you're like, oh, it's not so bad. When you're a kid, it's like, oh, the, the doll and the tree and the, the... Oh, no, no, no. 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 I think what also scared me, which is now one of the things I love about the movie, is how, like, chill the parents are. Like, they're kind of, they think it's fun what's happening there. Like, they're, they're like, enjoying sliding their daughter down the, down the kitchen floor and everything. And as a kid, I was just like, how can they be enjoying this? This is terrifying. So, yeah, that, that, that movie definitely freaked the hell out of me. All right, you want to take another run at a movie you'd like to see today? I'm going to get to you in a sec, all right? Yeah, okay. I w I'm just, you know, I'm totally fucking blanking here. Um, okay, there's, I have never seen the film um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which I would love to see uh, in 35. I know Chris, who you just uh, interviewed, owns a print of it, and so I'm always hoping that someday I'll, I'll get to catch that one. Uh, so that's definitely one I've always wanted to see. And uh, I would love to see Friday the 13th Part 4, because I only saw it on VHS. I know the guy who wrote it, and I would get a big kick out of finally seeing it uh, on film. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks. Well, let's start with this. What's your name? Maya. Maya, how long have you been coming to Harathon? This is my third year. Yeah, so you're still a little new. It's still still, still a little new. 
Um, let's go with this one. If you could choose a movie you would like to see today, what movie would you choose? Well, every time I look at the program and see all the movies that they've already shown, there's like a jillion on there that I want to see. I get excited about, so I think like probably like, like many people, I was that kid who would go to the video store and go right to the horror section and look at the VHS covers and just be like, what is it about? And every time one of those movies comes up, like last year, I think it was The Keep and also Monkey Shines. I was like, holy shit, like these are the movies that I never, I was, when I was a kid, I never, I never did get around to seeing all of these things. So anything like that is just, you know, that 80s era of like just over the top kind of gross out stuff. Yeah. <laughs> if, uh, what is your favorite movie memory from Harathon's past? Uh, the weird ass stuff. Like they, they found like something that, I don't know who made this, but like the whole cast was dressed in denim. It was a zombie movie that went on forever with these teenage kids like on Halloween at a party like stumbling around trying to find help oh my god I can't remember what it was called I believe it is uh, Revenge of the Living Dead yeah that was just like somebody cared about making that movie very deeply <laughs> and, and it was just it was great what is your least favorite memory from Harathon oh I always feel crummy when I fall asleep and, and miss stuff you know I fell asleep in uh, I think it was the same year the, the Sinbad movie Sure. I just could not stay awake, and I wished I, I could because the effects and everything. I, uh, what is the first movie that really terrified you? I've been thinking about this since you asked Ian. I'm not sure if I can remember the first movie, but I was uh, addicted to Tom Baker, Doctor Who from an early age, and there was that one series with like some kind of green slime Sure. Eating people, and there's like the closing scene where the guy takes his hand out of his pocket, and it's like covered with this mold thing, and he knows he's going to be like devout. That was pretty nightmare making, right there. Go wash your hands. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Thank you for talking to me. You're welcome. Thanks. Hey, what's your name? Humphrey Bohan. That is a great name, by the way. <laughs> How long have you been coming to the Harathon? This is actually my first one. First one! Yay! You're the first first timer I've talked to, so <laughs> I'm sure you're approaching it with much trepidation. What? makes you anxious what are you worried about and what has you excited well i'm excited because I've, I've done quite a few uh, sci-fi movie marathons there's one in cambridge every year that i go to but this is my first horror one so i'm excited to stay up all night trying or try to stay up all night seeing a, uh, a different genre than i'm used to uh, pulling all-nighters for if uh if you could choose a movie like if it was open for you to choose a movie to see today what movie would you choose well, I love the thing, but I know it's overplayed, and it's probably played here before at some point. So, <laughs> it's you know you love what you love, though. So it's it is what it is. Uh, what is the first movie you remember truly terrifying you? Uh, actually, it was Alien. My parents took me to see it when I was four years old in the movies, and uh, that's the got me started watching movies as a kid. But yeah, that chest bursting scene was the the first time I remember being scared. Although uh, the first true horror movie I saw was uh, my sister, older sister, got the Evil Dead on VHS, and we watched that. So you uh, you've been to that sci-fi marathon they do in Cambridge. You said, uh, what is the best movie memory you have from that marathon? Um, I remember they pulled out an archival print of 20,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea from like 1917 or something like that. And they had a, it's one of only two in existence, they had a, a live organist play for the silent film. That was pretty impressive. It was neat to see something like that. That's really great. Say, say your name again. Humphrey Bohan. I just think that's a great name. All right, thanks for talking to me. No problem. Thanks a lot. Hey, man, what's your name? 
Uh, I'm Andrew Jeffrey Wright. How long have you been coming to Hearthon? This is my third year, but it feels like longer. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> if you had to predict one movie you think you might see today, what would you predict? Um, I didn't look at the pamphlet yet. That's what I'm saying. Just predict off the top of your head. Which, a movie you're just picking out of the ether. I would say I think I'm going to see Christine. And I say that because I just watched it three days ago. I appreciate that. What is your greatest movie memory at the Harathon? Uh, the first year I was here, I got the front row, and I have long legs, so it was really comfortable to sit for 24 hours in the front row. Um, oh, two standouts are Night, Night of a Thousand Cats, was it? Yep. And then uh, Black Magic? Yep. They were my two... Q was also incredible. Yeah. That red-haired actor dude. Um... Yeah, I think they're the ones that stood out the most for me. All right. What is your worst movie memory at Harathon? Well, the first year I tried to stay awake for 20, without sleeping. So I did start to fade in and out around 6 a.m. And I think kept fading in and out during the Melting Man and like some Santa Claus movie and some other... And like, it, it just... It's, it was kind of they have like a, a clockwork orange experience with thinking about those movies now I'm just in pain if I think about those movies I agree that's how I feel about the Santa Claus one did you just see that were you here for that one the Mexican Santa Claus one I think that was like three years ago yeah yeah that was one of them I tried to sleep through that and now I have horrible nightmares of it I was just trying to stay awake and that was a bad idea because I was fading in and out and it hurts. What was the first movie you remember actually frightening you, actually terrifying you, actually fucking your shit up? Um, oh. In the 70s, I used to watch Creature Double Features on Channel 48 here in the Philadelphia area. Uh, I think it was a mummy of old, like when you're a tiny kid, if something's in black and white, it's automatically scary. I found this out. I was reminded of this because my nephew, he's like, when he was like seven, he wouldn't watch, what was it, uh, Frankenweiner animation that came out? Just because it's in black and white, he's like, I'm not watching that. It's in black and white. It's scary. So when I was a kid, I would watch all these old black and white movies. And I think it was The Mummy, an old version of The Mummy. I remember The Mummy holding this woman and, yeah, it just really scared me. She was like dead. I don't know. I was probably like four or five years old. <laughs> that makes sense. Hey, man, what's your name? Doogie Horner. Oh, that's weird. I've heard of you. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best fake laugh I've ever heard. Okay. Uh, how long have you been coming to Harthon? I think we've been coming for like seven or eight years, my wife and I. That's awesome. So you're like an old timer. I guess so. I mean, I haven't been coming. I mean, some people have been coming here since... Exum was doing the movies at like uh, other locations and stuff. We've only been coming since it's been here at the International House, but but yeah, so yeah, but for a while. So as an old timer, if you had to predict one movie, knowing you're probably going to get it wrong, what movie would you predict? Yeah, I'm so bad. I can't. I, I honestly can't even think of what movies they're going to show because I've seen so many movies here and I know that they don't repeat them. So I'm I'm kind of wondering like how. I don't know what they're going to show. I, if you could choose a movie, pick 
pick a movie for yourself. What, w- what would you choose for them to show today? I, I love the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, so, so I guess that would be my choice just because I've never seen it on the big screen. Yeah. And, and I, I love it. I saw it recently at a drive-in and it was unbelievable. It was so cool. Uh, what is your greatest movie memory from Harathon? Uh... I hate to repeat Andrew, but I really like the Night of a Thousand Cats was incredible. Um, I also really like Tintaro, which had the same actor that was last year. And Raw Force was very good. Uh, what is your worst movie memory from Harathon? There was the, the Mexican Wolf Girl. Uh, it was incredible because like, it's about this wolf lady. So she turns into a wolf. She's naked. But covered in fur, she's got huge tits. She's running around murdering people, like tearing men's uh, necks out with her teeth, and it was still boring. I'm like, how do you take all these great things and still make it suck? And it was at a really vulnerable time. It was at, like, I think uh, 5 a.m. or something like that. And I think it was right after Little Red Riding Hood, that weird Russian movie that was uh, really bad. So it was was a one-two punch. I believe that movie was actually Mexican. The, uh, the 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 Red Riding Hood one? Yeah, I thought it was Mexican. It was Russian? Oh, I thought it was Russian, but whatever. It, it was bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was the toughest time I ever had. And then one year I fell asleep during the second movie because it was one of the Godzilla movies. And it was they just always put me to sleep. What is the first movie you remember actually terrifying you? Uh, when I was a kid, I saw The Fly... And I was, Which fly? Uh, the Jeff Goldblum. And I, I, I didn't know what it was, so I was just like, oh, it's this scientist. Like, I recognized Jeff Goldblum from other stuff I'd seen as a kid. I was like, oh, this guy. So I had no clue what was coming, and it, it uh, really freaked me out. As it should. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, thank you. Hey, man, what's your name? <laughs> Nick. Nick. Uh, where are you from, Nick? Scranton, Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, so it was a bit of a trip, but not too much of a trip to come here today. Yeah. I'm just below you. I, I live in Easton right now. Oh, really? Yeah. I see wrestling there sometimes. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who does all the time. When I moved there, he was like, oh, yeah, Shakara. That's like all he said. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, haven't in a, I haven't seen it in a long time. It's, it's, uh, their storylines have gotten really complicated. Oh, man. It's, I, this is, I've heard this so many times. Okay. <laughs> so uh, so how, how long have you been coming to Harathon? This is my eighth year. Eight years. Okay, so it's a little. What's that? You missed the first one. I didn't know it existed. Um, uh, I, I split my time between Scranton and New York City, and um, there used to be an amazing theater called the Pioneer Theater. Sure, that, sure. You know the Pioneer, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was their last year. So even if I did know that this was happening, I wouldn't have gone because that was their very last night in operation, and they used to have movies all night long on Halloween. So I went there as like a farewell. I appreciate that. Uh, You've been coming for a little bit. You're in the process right now of trying to figure out what's going to play. Give me one guess. Or if you can't guess, give me one movie you hope plays. Well, okay. My guess slash hope for quite simply one of the best vampire movies of all time, since it's gorgeous um, and is, in my opinion, you know, fits that uh, block, would be Herzog's Nosferatu. Beautiful movie, beautiful movie. And if And like a real guess given the way these guys think and again I would agree about it being among the best is Martin by Romero 
Yo, if it's Martin, I'm going to flip my fucking shit. Yeah, okay. Everybody in this crew is going to die if it's Martin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's, here's the next question. What is your greatest movie memory from Harathon? I'm pretty sure it's when Frankenhooker played. And let me tell you why. I have this uh, big, um, you know, like a, a hardbound photo book, like the big, the big format ones uh, of Frankenstein, and I've, I've been like a horror fiend since I was a little kid. And it, it, it's like Frankenstein through the ages, and in it there's this big splash page of the poster from Frankenhooker. And I read it as like a nine-year-old, and I'm like, this sounds really weird and crazy. Like, what is this? I hope to see it. And since I don't really, like, after I went to college and went to film school, I stopped move, seeing, watching movies uh, primarily on, like, video because there's only so much time in the world and I prefer to watch them on film. It's, like, more involved experience. So I kind of wait around for movies to show up. And uh, I didn't expect Frankenhooker to ever show up anywhere. So I was just sitting there. And, like, again, it was like, I've been waiting for it for, like, 15 years to crop up in my life. And when the, the title came up, I blew my stack. I just, I just couldn't believe it. And then the movie was pretty fucking awesome. Pardon my language. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. What is your worst movie memory from Harathon? <laughs> oh man. Um, hmm. Uh, that's tougher because I sort of have blocked some of that. I remember, I remember the like Boogeyman being basically unwatchable. Um, I mean, even stuff that's terrible often has, like, an element of, like, I can't believe this is so terrible. I couldn't, last year, I couldn't, like, I could not get through Guru. Was it last year? The Mad Monk? I mean... I wasn't a big fan. I, like, I got through it, because I would never leave a movie, but I was in, in pain. You know? It was, it was horrible. <laughs> what is the first movie you remember truly terrifying you? Child's Play. Because I was six. <laughs> and, um, and I was watching it with a, a friend of mine, like this girl that I grew up with who was also six. Her mom was more uh, like laissez-faire than mine. And so she had grown up watching more horror movies. So she was just like, you know, this is a movie that I like. Uh, whereas I was not quite as exposed to that stuff and, ter- you know, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan. I think Child Plays, you know, t- like... Having seen it as adults, it's a solid movie. Yeah. I just learned that there's another sequel, um, which, well, <laughs> that's what I make that face. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't make to put the times aside to watch it on like on Netflix, you know. <laughs> hey, thanks for uh, talking to me. No problem. Thanks for having Richard Williams. Okay. <laughs> hey man, what's your name? Brad Jarman. Brad, you just told me you listen to the podcast. Is that true? Uh, it is true. Holy shit, that's crazy. Okay, uh, Brad, how long are you coming to Harthon? Uh, this is my... I've actually come every year. This is the ninth year. I've come every single year. This is... Oh, we're starting. Crap, crap, crap. Well, let's just do this really quick. What is the your greatest Harathon memory? Um, my greatest Harathon memory is falling asleep during Lady Terminator. and wait, I fell asleep after the first five minutes and woke up 30 minutes later. It was a completely different movie, and I had no clue what was going on. What, what is your worst Harathon memory? Uh, Little Red Hood and the Monsters. You are the fifth person to say that. I tried to sleep through that movie. It's like a nightmare in my brain now. Oh, it was awful. It was it was terrible, terrible. What is the first movie you watched that actually terrified you? I would say Evil Dead Two. I watched it at a young age as a little kid. Or no, not Evil Dead Two. The Birds. Because I oh. saw the Birds when I was a really yeah. young kid, and it scared me so bad. My parents had to hide my like any 
toys I had that were like birds because I had these plastic barnyard animals. Hey, thanks for talking to me. Hey, man, what's your name? My name is Rob. Rob, where are you from? I am from Philadelphia. I live here. And uh, you work someplace that people may have heard of. What is that place? I am one of the people who helps run Philomoca. Yay! Yay! Uh, Rob, how long have you been coming to Harthon? This is my third year in a row. All right, all right. So you're a little new, but you've been coming for a little bit. You have some experience. Uh, you've probably already tried to guess some of the movies that are playing. Uh, what is one movie you would guess is playing today? So the one I am almost certain on, it's the anthology film with the um, influential genre directors. You have really two choices that I'm thinking of, either um, Two Evil Eyes or Body Bags. So I'm thinking Two Evil Eyes. I'm leaning towards Body Bags on that one, actually, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know. We're going to have to disagree. I know. That's crazy. Okay. What is your greatest movie memory from Harathon? Oh, God. Tintorera. You found it? Tintorera. Uh, really? That's crazy to me. Hugo Stiglitz, come on. Uh, he kills a shark, throws stuff around. I mean, I missed Night of a Thousand Cats, so I didn't get to miss all of the gloriousness, awfulness, and all of that. So I got to catch him killing a shark, having some weird threesome, and tossing champagne bottles all over the Caribbean. What is your worst movie memory from Harathon? <laughs> Welcome to my nightmare. That was rough. It was like Return of the King. It just wouldn't end. But I did like at the end how I wasn't sure if it was ironic or not, but there was the loudest response in any movie that year once it ended. I appreciate that. I think I also cheered when it ended. Uh, what is the first movie you ever saw that terrified you? Uh, my mom was a big horror fan, so she's the one who turned me on to it. So the earliest memory I have is probably Halloween. But... The first one that I discovered that like genuinely creeped me out would probably be Suspiria, because that's pretty intense when you're seeing it at like 11, 12, whenever I saw it. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for being a cinepunk. <laughs> hey, what's your name? Isaac Williams. Isaac, uh, where are you from? Uh, Lancaster, originally been in Philadelphia for about 15 years. How long have you been coming to Harathon? Um, maybe since one of the first. It's been a lot of years. I, my, my history was patchy where for a chunk of years I actually would only make it for part of it or a couple of movies or something stupid or ridiculous. And then when I was finally the first year in a chunk of time that I was able to actually stay, I'd been working stupid overnight shifts and it actually managed to work for approximately 36 hours in a row before coming to this. So I managed to sleep during, but not through, every single movie except for the somnambulistic boarding house and house by the cemetery, which I was wide awake for. <laughs> so figure that out. So you could also, at that point, sit or lie on the floor. It was post-tent, but pre-no on the floor. And so I literally had my head underneath my chair and my feet sticking out. I'm just like in and out, in and out. It was, it was beautiful, but... That was my memory of the, uh, whatever the Mexican Red Riding Hood movie was. I was on the floor trying to sleep, and it now was a nightmare for me just because of that experience. Uh, what is your greatest movie memory at Harathon? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's going to be tough because, um, as, as you could probably empathize or sympathize, there's, there reaches a point where so many, there's so many movies that I intake over the course of a year, hopefully, 
Um, and I'll almost always have the luck or mixed luck of buying the new Blu-ray or DVD or remastered gobbledygook of something that will then be a highlight here. So I, I feel like maybe maybe the, maybe strictly because of the, the situation that I described before, sleeping on the floor, the one after that, and this is a few years back, I actually was ready, prepared, and awake for almost the entire thing. And that, it didn't matter what played. I was so excited to actually be functional, real, and present. And then that was that made it for me. Then it's like any movie, every single movie that played, I was like, oh, great, man. That makes sense. Yeah. What is your worst movie memory? I'm sure other unpleasant things have happened, but what is your worst movie memory at Harathon? Um, it might be that weird period of time. It's like a worst in, in, if I was listing my worst problems in life, it would be worst on top of some of the best moments. But I think it's that, that year when they did the fairy tale that was, you know... Jack Horner meets Mary had a little lamb in her curds and whey, whatever the hell it was from Mexico. But only because that I had napped during the previous movie and again was wide awake. And and the, the best part about it was those a movie like that is great to watch whenever we watched it, it was probably like three in the morning. But the delirium factor was strange. And ironically, there's no offense at all to anyone who didn't like it. But it, it, what made it a strange and slightly negative experience was that a lot of people, yourself included, I think, were really bummed as it unspooled. And I was like, in my mind, it's just like, well, hey, I, I, I paid for the ticket, I take the ride. Yeah. But so, so it was weird because, again, I was, I was lucid and awake, and it was a, such a, the atmosphere was so mixed. Yeah. What? Is the first movie you remember actually terrifying you? Um, I think maybe um, as a as a young adult or a teenager, um, maybe the original, the Robert Wise haunting. And so I have a like beautiful memory of my dad and I. My mom went away. She doesn't like scary movies, so we went to the video store and rented some scary movies. And we had both been. He had just read the short story of that or the, the novel I guess Hauling of Hell House and so we rented that this would be I don't know mid to early 90s nice summer night laying on the floor watching this thing and my parents house is uh, over 100 years old and old window sashes we got to just a perfect point in the movie and one of the window sashes dropped from the top down and we both just like like cats we're just like ding it's just like, uh, and then stared at each other like, I had no idea what just happened. And that was marvelous. Otherwise, my real most terrifying experience goes back to when the Thriller video came out. Yeah. And I, I was at a friend's house that had access to something like that. And I literally made my parents, forced them for weeks afterward to check the front room in our house then that they kept mostly closed with sliding doors every, like, several times a day, check it to make sure there was wasn't thriller in there because it literally scared the shit out of me and so my mom actually blames my love and and adoration of horror films now to on that experience every now and then she'll sort of shake her fist and say damn that so-and-so that he let my son watch that at a young age is a too late I there are so many inappropriate Michael Jackson jokes I could make about that but let's go ahead and say um I appreciate that story thank you for talking to me 
You got it, baby. So, uh, what's your name? Justin. Justin, uh, I know the answer to this, but just for our audience, how long have you been coming to Harthon? This is my ninth Harthon. This is the ninth Harthon. I've been coming the whole time. I appreciate that. Um, I will not ask you the question of predicting a movie because you know all the movies. But what I will ask you is, what is your greatest memory of a screening, a movie that was screened at Harthon? One movie that sticks out to you that if you were going to say that was the best thing we watched at Harthon? Uh, at Harthon in spe- specifically? Oh, that's tough, man. Um, I'm particularly fond of when Demons played because I fucking love Demons. Um, I'm going to go with Demons. I appreciate that. Not because something crazy happened. Oh, this is not my favorite movie that played, but this was kind of awesome during Argento's uh, Inferno last year, or a couple years ago, the fire alarm went off, yep. and people thought we were like doing that on purpose. That was awesome. A fire alarm during Inferno is a little weird. It's a little almost too much. If you had done it on purpose, I would have been like, overkill, guys. Overkill. Here's the next question. What is your worst movie memory at Harathon? Teenage Mother. I'm going to go with Teenage Mother. I've never seen that. Can you tell us a a teeny bit about it? Uh, Teenage Mother is a exploitation film. I think this is pre-X-Fest, so there was some more exploitation stuff mixed into the the horathon at the time. Um, And it's about... uh, It's exactly what the title says. It's about a teenage girl that gets knocked up, and it was an attempt at being a, um, a cautionary tale. A lot of those things happen in like the '60s, but it was like an excuse, be it like a sex film. That's great. I mean, it's terrible, but it's great. Uh, what is the first movie you remember being frightened of, like really getting under your skin? Um, I think that was Trilogy of Terror. Um, I saw that on TV with my mom when I was really young. Like, I don't know, 10 or something like that on Showtime. And the little voodoo doll fucking freaked me out. And uh, one night I came out of my room and my mom was in the kitchen, kind of like crouched down, just going, like imitating and fucking scared the shit out of me. (laughs) I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. So we're out here. The next movie in the lineup is the monster movie, right? What is it? It's a monster movie. Dang it. You can't tell me. It's about to play. You can tell me what it is. It's a Godzilla monster movie. Is it? It's 1985. Is it? Oh, I actually like that one. I might have to go back in and watch. Okay. Hey, Justin, thanks for uh, thanks for talking to us. And uh, we'll have Justin on again to actually do a real episode sometime soon. That won't happen. I'm going to stand up for this. Hey, what's your name? Max Gordon. Max, uh, where are you from? Artsley, New York. All right. All right. All right. 
Hey, man, how many horathons have you been to? What number is this for you? This is my sixth one going. That's actually pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I've lived in Philly for four years, and I've been coming for six years. That's actually pretty impressive. So let me ask you a question. What's the best movie you've seen so far? Today? Yeah. First movie. We were going to eat you. I've wanted to see that movie for many years. Really? You knew about it? Yeah, I knew about it. That was an utter surprise. I had never even heard of it before. I've heard about it a bunch of times because it's the, the cannibal like kung fu movie. I finally got to see it on a print, big screen. Amazing. Good way to first see it. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you a question. What is your greatest movie memory from Harathon? <clears throat> Probably first year drinking 40 and watching final chapter Friday the 13th with a bunch of my friends hollering and laughing because it seemed like a time time capsule of what you could do in the 80s yeah totally. it was awesome it's such a weird movie yeah alright what is your worst movie memory from Harathon Lady Terminator you don't like Lady Terminator nope seen it before <laughs> saw it title screen come up walked right out that's, that's a rough a, movie to get through. That's yeah, rough. I love it. I love similar movies. I like Boarding House. I like Raw Force. I like all those goofy movies. That one, I can't get through it. Okay, I, I will respect, I'll respect your opinion on that. How about this? What is the first movie you remember scaring the shit out of you? When I was seven years old, watching Phantasm. Or Poltergeist. Watched Poltergeist, Phantasm, and The Shining all in like a two-month period when I was seven years old. All of them. The small clown in, the pol- in Poltergeist, the tall man in Phantasm, and everything about The Shining. That, I, I like that there was, you had to come up with like a medley of movies. I appreciate that. Here's, here's my final question. There's a few movies left. What are you hoping to see before the night is over? Well, there's one clue that I'm pretty sure I know what it is. What? Brain damage. All right. That might be true, actually. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I appreciate that. Hey, thanks for talking to me. Nice to see you guys. Other questions? Yes, sir. I'm sure everyone's aware. We got to ask. Let's pick up the tape. Why? This <laughs> <laughs> question: Why the lipstick in, in the breath? All right. Why <laughs> the script was darker when I wrote it? Um, it went through some transformations and. Originally, when I wrote it, she wrote 666 on her chest, then the lipstick went into her chest. It didn't go through her nipple. Okay. But when Steve Johnson started to design the effects, he said it would be a lot easier to do it if he had some depth to work with in the prosthetic. And so he, you know, so I said, sure. <laughs> it's a really good effect. It's really it is great. Yeah. Steve's a great effects artist. Over there, yes? So, not a ball, never made the TV. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised that it was cut out of this uh, print. I was, it took me by surprise. But it, it was in the. Yeah. It was in the past, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Anything else? Questions? Uh, Up front and then over here. Um, Joe, talk about the aspect of the location for the London house and how it's all the paper and onto the strip. Well, what can you ask? We were really lucky because um, our budget for this movie is about 1.1. And back then, that was as low as you can get for a theatrical film, you know, shot on 35. And um, I can go into a long story about the original location manager who came with the company when I made the deal, but and so I subsequently fired. But the person I brought in, Ed Farmley, was really great. And he found that the property that existed, which we used, and it was down in around USC in South Central Los Angeles, and it was in. The property itself took an entire block and it was all screened off. So we were able to bring our vehicles in, all of our you know, group trucks and camera trucks and keep them there. And it, you know, it saved us like hours every day from having to move and come back and forth. And we also had all our offices for all our you know, makeup and special effects and everything right on the location. So it's really good. And the whole deal is like 65 grand for an entire month, which was really good. Did that work for you, writing it and seeing it on the big screen? Um, as effective? There was one big change at, at the ending. Um, and originally, it wasn't Roger who survived. Her little brother actually um, crashed the party. And at the ending, he was with her, and she rescued him. For, he got out over the fence first, but she was still in there, and Angela was coming after them. And um, there was no brick wall. It was a fence that was made out of Waythorn and other uh, mystical you know, woods. And, um, after, I forget if it was him or her, but whoever got out first basically found like a long piece of white thorn and jammed it through the fence into Angela's heart. And that, you know, and then the other person got over. Thank you. Uh, are, there, are there any other haunted house movies you especially like or that influenced this film in particular? Um, actually, the films that influenced this, that um, inspired this were the Exorcist and um, Friday the 13th. I would do something with a bunch of kids, like in one location, so it would be inexpensive. And um, there hadn't been any other like, demon possession movies that came out before I wrote the script. And Evil Dead came out, you know, pretty close to around the time I wrote it. So that was it. I have a question. Um, is Hull House, this is a total nerd question, is it a Richard Matheson Hell House reference? No. Or is it Henry Hull? No, it's just, no. It just, I don't know. It's, it could have come subliminally from any of those, but it's just like pulled it out my butt. It's a letter of it. Yes, Mike? Can you talk a bit about Night of the Demons 2, which is in some ways an even bigger film? Was it made on a higher budget, and was there stuff in there um, that you couldn't do in the first one? Night of the Demons 2 I wrote but I didn't produce and they they basically contacted me it had been you know three or four years since this one was out and um, horror had taken the dip but it was about to come back and they contacted me and wanted me to write the script and um, they actually promised that I could direct it which you know I, I foolishly turned down the chance to direct it first and I should have taken it and um, so I got all excited because I thought I directed and I, I wrote the script. I did about six months of work on it. And then when I handed it in, Walter Chossie, who's the executive producer, who looks like the psycho from Texas, paid for <laughs> and acts like it sometimes when he's in a bad mood. But um, he just said, no, you're not going to direct this. And so I, you know, I just took the money and walked away. And uh, Brian Trenchard-Smith was the director. He was uh, an Englishman. He's really good. 
and I actually like he the what he did with characters. I thought overall he was a better director than Kevin, but it came to him like actors. So we have time for just a few more questions. Yes, sir. Um, for those of us who aren't familiar with this, what is the deal with the balls? When they're in the uh, convenience store in the beginning, right. after um, when they quickly gets up and is walking out, she goes up to the counter and asks them if they carry sour balls. And the guy said, oh, if they have sour balls. And the guy said, yeah, but she was too bad, but you don't get many blowjobs. That's <laughs> 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 a gag. I, I, I don't know why they cut it out, but. Way in the back. He's pretty beefy, he's a beefcake now. He looks good. Over here. What do you think of the remake? Well, uh, no comment. <laughs> Last call, we have time for one more. Yes, sir. Any direct the sex scenes. <laughs> and also, just as an aside, when there were scenes with nudity, um, the actresses pretty much shows what they wanted to show and suggested it. Like, it wasn't written for Angela when she did her dance to actually show her butt and so much of her lower portions, but because she, I think, felt, as Kevin, the director, told me, because she wasn't amply built up top, she wanted to show up in other parts of her body. And so she helped, she told him she wanted the costume lightened up like that. And uh, same thing with Judy. Um, when she takes her skirt off and shows her butt, she didn't want to show her naked press, which Kevin wanted. <laughs> so, in a way, I was happy with everything. For time's sake, we're going to call this the last question. Make it a good one. So, you weren't involved in the third one? Is that no, correct? not at all. Not so at all. When you're not involved in something like that, but you obviously were involved in the first two, do they, they contract you at all? Yeah. The first one I had total creative control over, except for practical purposes, I had to change things, like the editing. Because it would have been the, the art director didn't want to build the uh, wooden wall, and they had to wall on property, so I went along with that. And there were a few other little things that were changed, basically. But um, they offered me the third one to write it, and I was so pissed off about you know having a screw on the directing thing that I said no. And then they Kevin, who directed this, wrote it, and they hired a Canadian director who had never even watched the two films. He wanted to. Start fresh and <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you very much. What's your name? Bruce Howes. Uh, people might know you from various uh, musical endeavors. What what might some of those be? Uh, Danger Bird and Hulk Smash and Red Planet Recording and Live Sound. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, how long have you been coming to Harathon? Uh, I've come t- from the first one. I think I've missed one of them. Wow. So, yeah. so you've been to eight, eight years of Harathon. Yes. Uh, in those eight years, what is the greatest movie experience that you've had? Ooh. Uh, I think falling asleep during Teenage Mother 
and waking up to people screaming during the medical footage of the live birth. <laughs> That's amazing. What is the worst movie experience you've had at Hearthstone? Maybe the same one. <laughs> I, I, I kind of love that. Um, we're, we're, we're through the night a good bit at this point. What is the best thing we've seen so far? Uh, Martin. It was fun to see that in the, on the screen. You know what's funny is that's a movie that I thought I had never seen. And then once it started, I was like, oh, I have seen Oh, okay. But I hadn't seen it like all the way through. Yeah, I walked in and it was the scene in the train before the, the title came up. And I knew exactly what it was. Yeah. As soon as I walked in, saw it, then I was like, oh, great, Martin. Uh, do you have any guesses for what still has to play? I haven't even looked at the sheet. I appreciate that. When did you get? When did you get here? I got here just at Martin. Okay. Was that the fourth movie? Yeah, Something yeah, like that? yeah. yeah. Um, what is the first movie you remember actually terrifying you? Hmm, probably Alien. Okay, okay. Do you have particularly visceral like memories? Like, what was it? The chest bursting scene, or was there anything else that like really freaked you out about Alien? I think it was the nightmares after the movie, right. more so than the movie itself. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, if if they could, if you could choose one movie to play for the rest of the, you know, what I mean, not for the whole time, but you mean like one movie that you would love to see happen. What's one movie that, if you could control it, you would choose? Hmm, that's a tough one. Paco, what movie would you choose? So if you're going to choose one movie to show, my dream movie. Yeah, that's a tough one. I know. I like not knowing. Yeah, that's the best part. I think it's the best part, yeah. No, I, I like the not knowing as well. I'm just saying, like, if you were like, oh, you know, it'd be great if I could see this right now, what do you think it would well, be? the thing is, like, this has the same mystery as when I was a kid, you go to the VHS store, and I would blankly pick from the covers. <laughs> the gorier the cover, the more likely I was going to pick the movie. And then you were surprised. Like, yeah. I remember Bad Taste. Like, yeah, yeah, seeing we watched that. That, yeah. that goofy-looking alien on the front cover, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> was Is there anything where the cover was such that you just never watched it? Like, you just saw that cover and you're like, you know what, I'm just not going to go there. Uh, uh, that one that had the light-up eyes on it, you hit the button and he makes the sound. It was always in Blockbuster. I always hit it over and over again. Yeah. You know, what do you think that sound? Never watched the movie. I don't know anyone who ever has seen that movie. I hear shit. <laughs> yeah, I think all the money went into the box. <laughs> this, this year I watched uh, Motel Hell for the first time. And that was a cover that when I was a kid, I was like, no, because it was like scary, all American farmer type. And I'm like, oh, the scary. OK, all American farmer type, even more frightening in and of itself. So you're going to combine these two things. No, thank you. And then I watched it. I watched it. It's not scary at all, actually. It's actually a really pleasant kind of chill movie. But like as a kid, I saw that cover and I was like, no, fuck you. No. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, so no, no, no movie that you would pull if you could choose any movie that you you haven't seen it or you want to no, see I'd it. Rather, I'd rather be surprised. I appreciate that actually. Yeah, right. I appreciate that. Yeah, cool. Mystery is where it's at. Hey, thanks for talking to me. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thanks for jumping in at the last second. My pleasure. <laughs> you're, you're. I mean, don't get me wrong. The bar for. The bar for Hollywood punks is pretty low, though. Hey, man, what's your name? Uh, I'm John Martello. John, how long have you been coming to the Harathon? 
Uh, this will be my, what is this, the ninth one? I guess that means and this is my, my seventh. Seventh one, so you're like old hat at this. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Missed the, didn't go to the first one, I missed the one two years ago, because it sold out, and I didn't get a chance to buy tickets, but yeah, they're coming. Did you guess any of the movies so far? Uh, No. I always suck at guessing the movies. I never. They're. I'm. I suck at vague trivia. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're. You know. It's always like you know, influential slasher movie from the '80s, and I'm like, dude, I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> what's the best movie that has played so far tonight or today? You know, at the fest. Tonight, uh, man. I'm, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here now. Uh, You've slept through all the movies. No, no, I haven't slept through any of the movies. Uh, never saw Altered States. Never saw that. That was pretty, pretty freaking great. Uh, what was the first one? The We Will Eat You. Yeah, We Will Eat You. Yeah, that was that was great. That was great. <laughs> so, uh, what's the greatest movie experience you've ever had at Harathon? Uh wow, I don't know. There's so many. There's like Raw Force. There's a great one. Lady Terminator. Wicked Wicked. It was a great one. Um, what is the worst movie experience you've ever had at Harathon? Uh, shit. I wasn't here for the Alice Cooper thing. I heard that was pretty, pretty, pretty torturous. Um. Trying to think what the worst movie I ever saw. I mean, there, there's some pretty, there's some garbage, but it's like you know, it's 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 a matter of like separating like the good garbage from the bad garbage kind of thing. I don't remember what that one was with the kids in the island. It was like Children of the Corn on some some like Malta or some 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 island like that. That was pretty pretty bad until the end. Until the dude shot all the kids. <laughs> as horrible as that sounds. <laughs> sounds great, actually. I mean, everybody cheered. I remember everybody cheering when the dude shot a bunch of kids with an AK-47. That's right. So, a few places you can you can uh, be and, and say that. Yeah. What's the first movie you remember actually being afraid of? Uh, actually being afraid of? Um, oof. Being afraid of, I don't know. I was probably, I want to say Jurassic Park was the first movie because like I, I, you know, I was seven years old when that movie came out, and like so. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was seven years old when that movie came out, and up until then, I had seen you know scaryish movies. I'd seen like Gremlins and stuff like that. You know, movies that were like you know borderline kitty movies. And, you know, anytime I would get scared in the theater, my parents would be like, they would be like, oh, no, that's just a guy in a suit or like, oh, those are just special effects. But when like, you know, the whole like when the CGI thing came out, my parents were just like, you know, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Those are, those look like real dinosaurs to me. And they did, they just had no idea. And I couldn't, I like, I was, I was messed up for like weeks after seeing that movie. It was, uh. I always thought like a raptor was gonna come through my door because they could open doors and stuff like that, and uh, was scared to sit on the toilet for a while too. Yeah, sure. sure like sure. I took really fast shits. <laughs> hey, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me.
Hey, man, what's your name? Liam, you know my name. <laughs> I've done this with a lot of people whose names I know, but this so the people listening to it know your name. Oh, all right. Well, uh, my name's Ryan. And uh, you're here to watch movies. You're also here doing... What, what is your secondary function at this event after Movie Watcher? I'm selling ice cream. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Not that I had any, actually, because I'm trying not to eat as much ice cream in my life. But uh, how long have you been coming to Harathon? Uh, since the first year. So nine years of Harathon. Yeah, I just had to... I missed the second year, though. Okay. I've been coming since the first, but missed the second because of obligations. Uh, did you guess any of the movies that have played tonight? Yeah, two in a row. That's crazy. That's that's like a rare thing. It is. Um, I, for, I don't know why the mic is in front of my face at this right now. Is there a follow-up question to that? <laughs> I just like to do it because then you're like, what do I say? I'm sorry. Okay, so um, uh, I thought you might say which two movies you guessed. Oh, okay. I can say that. Well, I got... Altered States, and I got the one right before it, but I already forgot what that was. What's uh, the best thing you've seen at this horathon? Hands down, Altered States on the big screen. Tight. That's so funny. I uh, I didn't like it as much as I did when I was a kid. I don't know why. I wasn't as into it. Uh, what is your greatest... You've regressed, Liam. I probably have. What is your greatest movie memory from Harathon? Burial Ground. Oh, yeah. Uh naked mom kid mutilation body zombie nonsense dwarf playing a child over the top what is your worst movie memory from Harathon the dead I hated that I I despised that yeah I wasn't a big fan of that movie either (laughs) I think actually I had seen it already when they played it even, and I went away. I was just like, I'm going to go get dinner right now. Good call. <laughs> I tried to give it a chance. That Shame on me. Uh, if you could choose any one movie to play before the event is over, what movie would it be? Eaten Alive. Okay. Uh, what's the first movie you saw that actually frightened you? Return of the Living Dead. Why that one in particular? Is is there anything stick out that like actually got under your skin? Yeah, everybody died at the end, or so it's implied. Oh yeah, that's it, it rubbed me wrong as a child. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see that. All right, thanks for talking to me. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, let's let so let's start there. Hey, man, what's your name? Sam Kakoski. Uh, How long have you been coming to Harathon? This is my first year. Whoa, so you're a total, the, the, you're a noob right now. Yeah, no, yeah. Total noob to uh, Horathon. This is my first one. How did you hear about it? I should have asked all the other new people this. You're the first person I'm asking this question to. How did you hear about it? My friend Travis uh, and my friend Bob. Cool, 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 yeah. cool. Um, so this is year one for you. What's the best movie you've seen so far? Uh, the Chuck Norris One Silent Target was one of my favorites. Really? Had you see, had you heard of that before or seen it? Never heard of it, never seen it, never knew of it. Um, That's crazy. Hold on, I'm going to turn this up a little bit. I don't have to move it as much. Okay, whoa. Now I'm like really... Okay, cool. Uh, see, so you didn't know anything about it. What's the worst movie you've seen so far? Um... Hmm. I don't know. That's a tough one. I really didn't. There wasn't anything that I saw that I was really like, ah, this is a piece of shit. 
It sucks. You know? Well, you're not watching horror at Party Beach right now. Yeah, is that what's on right now? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm glad I ran into you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I guess I can't ask you any questions about. Have you been to any other Exhumed events? Um, there was a couple at the Mahoning Drive-in. Oh, you've been in the drive-in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you live? Are you up in that yeah, area? Yeah, I live in uh, Wilkesbury. Oh, okay. I live in Easton, so okay. it's not a far, not a far drive, not a far drive. Yeah. They've done some fun shows. What, what have you seen at the Mahoning? Uh, I was up there for uh, actually no, I don't even know if this was them, but there was an event up there. It was the Warriors, and then uh, uh, Eddie Murphy's Raw afterwards. Yeah, not only that, but I think um, that was the motorcycle weekend. Yeah, like they did like a biker yeah. thing or something like and that, the night before, or a car thing or something. I don't the night know. Before it was Alice Sweet Alice and then Suspiria. I went to that. Yeah, I mean those are both solid too. So yeah. Okay. Uh, what is the first movie you remember actually being afraid of? Oh man. Um. I know Stephen King's It scared the shit out of me as a kid. Um, I don't know. How old are you? Uh, 25. I just turned 25 this past week. I was literally about to say, are you 25? Yeah. That's No, Stephen no, King's yeah, It. No, that yeah, sounds yeah. seems like that age yeah, period. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is my uh, vacation for this year. I have the whole week off just to do this. Oh, is that really? Yeah. Are you? Did you take off beforehand or you're taking off after? No, it's... Uh, Yesterday was the start of it, so cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That's a that's a good plan. Well, yesterday, Friday, or yesterday, uh, Saturday, Saturday, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. So starting Saturday, then you're off. Yeah, I have ten days or something like that. Oh, that's sick. Where do you work? Uh, I'm a butcher. Oh, yeah. how do you like that? It's uh, it pays well. It sucks because you're just in blood all day and. In blood yeah. all day. Yeah, all day. Um, okay, so Stephen King's It was the first thing that scared you. What's the last thing you watched that really um, got to you? Hmm. It's okay if it was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I just there's been so much shit that I've watched. <laughs> but I mean, um, the last thing that actually kind of freaked you out. Probably the first time I ever saw Necromantic. Was like, really? Yeah, it, it just like threw me off because I, I heard about it, but I wasn't like, I didn't look into it at all. I was just like, oh, it's supposed to be crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, it happened, and I was like, wow, holy shit, this is like probably the nastiest, craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. You know? I, I like that you said it happened. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> not I watched it, but mm-hmm. it occurred, mm-hmm. and I happened to be there yeah. to see it, and now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks for talking to me. Yeah, man. So here we are. Are we recording? We have. Oh yeah, this all of this is recorded. Oh, fuck. I will if you request edit out certain things if if that is helpful for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey hey y'all, I'm here with Jacob Knight, who you may know from Birth Movies Death. Uh, and I guess you also used to write for Nerd Bastards as well. And ShockToYouDrop.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you still running for Shock Till You Drop? Because I haven't noticed anything in a while. Well, once Sam left Left. to do, he's a curator for Shudder now for AMC. Once he left, we kind of lost, like, a a bunch of the writing staff, you know, left with Sam. Sure. Because it's just, but I think a new new guy just took over the the actual X 
the last editor of Fangoria just took over Shock Teardrop now too. Um, all the, are all these websites just trading talent? Like, they yeah, just move no, from that's one it's the, the online film writing community is basically just inbred <laughs> to where we just fuck each other. <laughs> I like that uh, you said that. Um, well, so. I just introed you, but let's be clear. We already recorded an intro, so people will have heard that. This is actually our outro. Okay. Because we are sitting here after 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Now, you traveled here from Austin. Yes. So you talked a little bit about this already, but now that you've actually endured the 24 hours, how would you describe this experience as, this is what I went to Philadelphia for? Well, this is my eighth one. Sure, but what about this one? Um, oh, this one. Uh, well, this one is you. Well, I don't, I don't want to say unique because I've definitely sat through the whole of them all. But out of sure. all eight, I think this is the. F- yeah, I've I've sat through fifty percent all the way through the full twenty four hours. A lot of the uh, like uh, the other four, like I usually make it to, um. Like four or five in the morning, and then peaced out. But that's when I used to live here, so I could just either hop on the train or just jump in my car and just go home and go the fuck to sleep like a normal person. But here, I'm gonna hang out with you. We're gonna record a podcast. Susan's gonna come. We're gonna yeah. hang out with her, and then I'm gonna go back to the hotel room, and then I'm gonna pass out. Well, and uh, for this one, I had a similar experience in that prior when I was living in Philadelphia. I would simply do it until maybe noon, you know, and a lot of times it would go later. I mean, we're done now. It's 12-12 and everything's done. But I've, there have been years where it went past noon. And usually oh, yeah. at noon, I'm standing out front, whatever movie's still on, and I'm waiting for Susan to pick me up. And she's coming because when we lived in South Philly, she worked over in Overbrook. So West mm. Philly was like on the way. So she would just swing through and pick me up. I would just literally fall asleep in the car on the way back to South Philly, and then I would just be dead all day, and she would just leave me alone. Well, let's be, I mean, I think we should be completely honest. I don't know if you feel this way, but I definitely do, um, is that I think this was the best lineup they've ever done. Of the eight that I've ever seen, I don't, okay, let's, let's qualify. It's definitely the most consistent I've ever seen to where right. there were no dead patches because... Unfortunately, this I feel like this comes with the pitfalls of just programming a 24-hour film marathon in general is that it's hard to keep a consistency. It's hard to keep a continuous energy up the entire time. And there's almost always, and it's usually right around like the 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock block, is that you'll hit a dead patch in those back hours, which they'll usually, usually like liven up with like a, a real what-the-fuck like insanity movie like they do boarding house or blood diner. Or, um, what's another one that they did? Lady Terminator at like four in the Raw morning. Force. Raw force was a nine o'clock. Oh really? Yeah. Raw force was nine o'clock. What was the one? Well, but sometimes they do a what the fuck and it doesn't work. So like the red riding hood movie. Oh yeah. Came on at like four thirty that year. Well, the first year, uh, that they ever did it. They did Teenage Mother at five in the morning, and I was falling asleep because if and I guess if anybody doesn't know what Teenage Mother is, is that it's essentially like a 
I want to say mid to late 60s, but it's almost like an exploitation movie that was like one of those like warn your children exploitation movies. Only, uh, you know, how you would have stuff like Reefer Madness, um, things that warded, you know, teenagers off of drugs. This was not as extreme as that. This is a teenage pregnancy movie, obviously. Sure. Uh, but it was basically like the first hour and 10 minutes, I want to say, is like a beach blanket bingo style film about a, a woman. A, a young woman who you know gets in with the cool dude and he knocks her up and she's like oh should i have this baby and she obviously ends up having this baby but the big like the whole time you're sitting there watching you're like why the fuck are we even watching this like it's not horror yeah it's barely it's like that very tame like g-rated exploitation like ooh, good golly miss molly this woman slept with the wrong he's sure. she's a loose lady now yeah um but, I mean, so I was falling asleep at this point, and it was back when the eye house had the old wooden chairs that yes. like hurt like fuck Terrible. to sit in the whole yeah. time. And yeah, so I'm falling asleep. My back hurts. I'm sitting there like, why am I even here? I want to go home at this point. And then right as I'm about to slip into unconsciousness, I hear a dude, got to be two rows behind me, go, oh, what the fuck is this? And I look at the screen, and it's literally the interspliced uh, footage of an actual C-section in the middle of it. And just, like, this baby's head coming out of this woman's vagina. And then they cut her open and pull it out the other way. And you're just like, oh, so this is why you showed this. (laughs) That's insane. It's really gross. It's funny that you said that because um, people who've... Well, this is the end of the show. So people have heard this referenced because one person said this was their best and worst moment mm. of the of I can see that. ever. They were like, they literally said best moment, the screams during the, during the uh, surgery and teen mom. Oh, it was worst terrible. Moment, Every uh, male member in the audience <laughs> were about, uh, well, at that point I think was like 98%. I don't think there were any women. Well, there weren't many women at year one, I should that's, say. That's fair. That's um, fair. But you could literally feel every uh, male audience member's testicles just recede up into their stomach. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So getting back to what we were saying, um, I think part of the issue as far as there being dead zones too, is that tendency of Exhume to not reshow stuff. So when I see other, I, I don't necessarily see that many other 24-hour marathons, but when I see like six, seven movie horror marathons, a lot of them are movies that have played Exhume stuff a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and they're crowd pleasers. Every time you have, uh, I don't know what, what uh, Friday the 13th Part 4, come on, chances are most people are going to be stoked. But like today, no one was sto- almost no one was stoked on superstition because nobody knew what it was. You know, God, what I mean? I'm so mad that I fell asleep for that one. It too. was pretty because I saw the head in the mic. Like it opens with a dude getting his head in the microwave and it explodes, and then another guy gets bisected by a ghost <laughs> in a window. And like instantly, I'm like, dude, this movie looks great, and it's like super Canadian, right? Um, but with like this almost Italian giallo soundtrack playing in the background the whole sure, time and sure. i'm like trying to hold on to consciousness but just couldn't do it let's talk a little bit about uh first i want to mention something is uh the prizes this year which is funny because i feel like they did less prizes but the prizes they gave away 
all were things that I was like, do I want to kill that person in the parking lot and take their poster? Oh, yeah. It was crazy to me how many unbelievable posters they gave away. Yeah. Well, that end, like, grand prize one with the Phantom of the Paradise poster with, like, Jessica Harper's signature on it. And And here's the thing. I can't believe a dude got ten movies right. Is that right? Or no, he got five right. He got five movies right. It was ten points. It was two points per slot. Still, like, five is hard. Five movies in the right slots. That's crazy to me. Intense. So for you, obviously, we're both sleepy. We're just wrapping up a little bit here. But now that it's over, what do you think is your highlight of this 24 hours right now? Oh, seeing shock value. Like, they're... I was really disappointed in the audience um, mm-hmm. afterwards because I heard these goons behind us talking about how, like, oh, like, not all the movies were that good. It's like, yeah, you fucking doofus. Of course the movies aren't all that good. They're student films from 1968 where these guys are still learning how to make films. The whole point of watching this is contextualizing and seeing, like, oh, this is where Dan O'Bannon started. This is where John Carpenter started. If you have any interest in film whatsoever, you should be like through the roof that you got to watch these movies. That's what I don't understand, too. I've had a couple people, and I'm not trying to be too. The people who said it to me were trying to be respectful, but they did. They were like, I don't know if I necessarily was that excited to see student films. And I'm like, you, these are directors and creators that you supposedly care about. So you don't want to know that? You know what I mean? Like, I guess you could maybe say you wanted a different point. But that was to me even the best point. It's not like Shock Value came on at four in the morning or something. Like no, it was awake, a prime slot. You're there. It's a prime slot. Why not see something that was not what you were expecting to see? I was stoked on the whole thing. Even the one I didn't even love the the futuristic Dan O'Bannon one. That was not my favorite thing. But just like seeing it, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like I would never. Those are things that would go away, and we would never even know they existed if it wasn't for that. Well, and it's also just kind of seeing, like, the concept more than anything or, like, the genesis of those kind of ideas and that they didn't exactly have the skill yet to make what they wanted to make. But you're still watching those seeds kind of be sown. And then if you then look at the rest of his filmography and his work with Carpenter and then all the way up to, like, Return of the Living Dead, it's like, oh, you see these ideas that are even sown into stuff like... Like Return of the Living Dead. And Did it make you sad seeing him portray himself as an old man in 2006? Uh, <laughs> no. It, it, it actually really, I'm not even trying to be funny. Like, I literally was like, oh, Dan, no. It actually threw me off at first because I was like, wait, was this shot in 2006? And then I realized <laughs> that I'm just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, but I mean, he would, you know, if things had gone differently, he would be. And John Carpenter's still with us, so. Mm. That just made me kind of sad. I was like, oh, yeah, Dan O'Bannon died young. It's not like Dan O'Bannon's passed away at a normal age. Like, oh, no, that was actually a, like not normal. It well, th- made me sad. I think what was really cool for me is that I've, I'm a huge fan of that book. Like, I've read that book cover to cover probably five or six times. I love all the stories in it. And it was cool, too, to see the work with O'Bannon and Carpenter. Like, especially you see, like, Carpenter working as a cameraman sure. on, you know, the one short for O'Bannon and um, them collaborating because then the book goes into like how their friendship 
yeah. dissolved and how yeah. cold that O'Bannon saw Carpenter like afterwards. And sure. It's just, it adds that layer of like sadness to it that like these were these guys that were at the inception of like their, their real genius. And then yeah. you have this whole, ba- like if you read the book too, you have the whole backstory of like, what happened after that and it just yeah. it really makes it that much more interesting and kind of emotional at times yeah um and then you see carpenter's stuff like what was it captain voyeur yes it looks like a brian de palma film it looks like something that brian <laughs> de palma would have made like right around merla murder uh a la mode like it's yeah that's totally super weird and like the whole idea of voyeurism and this these this guy like peering into other people's windows and just seeing sex and all that weird sound design of like all the moaning and yep. it's just it's the, really cool. I, I, I did like the conceit of everybody he peeps on is also weird. Like there's yeah. you know, like everyone is like got their own thing going on really, you know. Justin, did you need something? I like that you're hanging out then. I was like, it's. I thought you were hanging out, but then it suddenly occurred to me like, wait, what if I'm being rude right now and Justin has a question and I'm just ignoring him, then I'd feel bad. My question is, uh, why do you watch So, uh, for me, it's actually really hard for me to pick a highlight because, oh, I love you. Some of my favorite movies that played, I was not at my best for. So, for example, I was definitely at my best for the first movie, which was a lot of fun, We Are Going to Eat You, which I did not expect. I didn't know anything about the director, so it was like a total fun surprise. Like, I really didn't know much So about much him. energy in that movie, too. Yeah. So that was like a great... Whereas one of my favorite movies of all time that I'm really glad that I got to see was Near Dark, except for, as you know, I fell asleep because I just wasn't at my best. And I think that is... The danger of the of the Hearthon for me is I have on the list of things I've fallen asleep during that I was not happy about is Near Dark, is uh, uh, Shivers. Uh, I yeah, because Shivers during. played at like five in the morning. Yeah, one year. Was, I, and again, if I had budgeted my time differently, maybe that would have been fine. But well, <clears throat> I think it's also just one of those things that we talk about the pitfalls of programming a 24-hour marathon is sure. like – it might have been viewed when they pick the lineup as like, oh, this is a movie that people are going to recognize and it's going to wake them up. Not thinking about the actual tone of the film itself, like because Near Dark is very, like it has almost like a very hypnotic, like ambient tone Fair, to begin yeah. with and doesn't get bombastic until about the halfway point with the bar scene. So like it could have been like those, because those are the scenes that stick out in your head or at least for me when you, think about the movie like back like your previous viewings and that might be how i don't know i don't presume to know how they pick the movies but um that might be like a oh this will wake them up you have you know sure, bill sure, paxton sure. just acting a fool and cutting people with his uh his spurs and like those right. huge shootouts and everything but not thinking about the fact that like the first half hour of that movie is really quiet and kind of right. lulls you into its own world with that tangerine dream soundtrack and do you have uh, specific movies you remember that you just crashed out during that just you just could not do it um i remember the one year that they did friday the 13th part two and it was like super duper early in the morning i crashed on that a because i'm not a huge fan of friday the 13th part two but b um because it was just 
even when it came up, I was like stoked. I'm like, oh, I can reevaluate this movie, not like sure. st- stupidly not taking into account like, oh, it's six in the morning. <laughs> like this might not, and you've been up all night. This might not be the best time to like try and engage your brain with this. Yeah, I might not be all there for this particular yeah. one. Yeah, I, I there's a there's a couple of movies that, um, not even that I definitely fell asleep a hundred percent for, but that I was sleepy for and I was kind of in and out. So, mm. um. I definitely had to go back and rewatch Night of the Creeps because there was like a 20 minute chunk. Like I fell asleep and then I woke up and I'm like, oh, I really like that part of the movie. And that so it's so fucking good. too. I know. So then like literally like a week later, I was like, I'm going to rewatch the uh, that like middle section of Night of the Creeps before I write about it. Because I just want to remember like, oh, yeah, that movie's really great. Um like I said, Shivers, I fell asleep during. But then, of course, there's other movies like the year that they did, the Red Riding Hood movie. I straight up like went down, laid down on the floor, and went to sleep on well, the, purpose. The Red Riding movie was the same year that they did uh, Vampire's Night Orgy 2. Wasn't that the same lineup? Because I, I feel like Harry got the prints from like the same lot. Because didn't they do Tintorera? Or was Tintorera... Was that an X Fest film? No, Tintorero was, was a horror. You know, it was horror film, yeah. but I don't think it was the same year as the Red Riding Hood movie. You sure? I'm a. I'm not. Sh- I'm never sure about which years movies play. Well, I just remember hating Vampire Night Orgy, like hating it. I think I didn't hate Vampire Night Orgy because I literally <sighs> the title card came up, and I remember thinking, and I apologize to people who have think better of me than this i remember thinking oh well at least this will have some nudity and that will keep me awake and then i woke up at the beginning of the next movie like i literally it's not you know to so you guys know when i say i fall asleep during a movie usually i wake up you know you fall asleep a little bit and you're like oh i fell asleep for a few minutes and then you fall asleep again it's mm-hmm. like the up and down up and down i have no memory other than the title card of vampire night or same thing with uh uh what's the what was the werewolf one Curse of the Werewolf Woman? Was that it? No, I think it had lesbian in the title. I, no? I don't think so. I thought it was Werewolf Woman or Curse of the Werewolf Woman. That was a while ago, though. Like, that was quite... Wasn't that, like, four years ago? Yeah, I think that might have been my first it, one. Yeah, it's like a, it was a while. That movie sucked. Well, that's, <laughs> that's another one where I went in being like, I wonder what this is going to be about. And then... I woke up and I was like, that was oh, the it's soft. Over. It's like borderline soft core at times. But if a lot I'm of remembering, still right. found it super boring. Like the the description people gave me when I interviewed them. So if you're listening to this, you've heard some people say this. Some people described the plot of the movie and said, "So why is this the most boring movie that I've ever watched?" Yeah, because it should be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have it. I mean, for I guess the other way that people, and this is more an Austin, Texas thing is that I also work at Vulcan Video, and sure, I think we sure. have a pretty shitty copy of it laying around <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So uh, was there any for you uh, at this a big surprise, something you did not see coming that, I mean, I guess shock value, obviously, but other than shock value, was there anything that you just were like, oh, I would have never assumed they would play this? Um, Let me think. Because you had, you started with We're Gonna Eat You, um, and then you went into, you know what, I'm gonna tell you what, Silent Rage um, was a big surprise, I think, I think just for me personally, because I've been really, um, I've been 
devoting a lot of time to the Chuck Norris movies this year and like going back through them. Um, I actually watched the Hitman on the flight down. Sure. Um, much to the uh, very nice lady's chagrin who was seated next to me who couldn't figure out like why is this guy watching this trashy Chuck Norris movie on his laptop? Sure, 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 sure. Um, but that was one that, like, when it came up, I was like, oh, sh-, like, this fits into my year. <laughs> like, That's pretty um, great, So actually. I was really kind of, ex- I was excited for that because um, Laird Jimenez, who does oh, the yeah. Weird Wednesday programming, actually got me into it inadvertently he did um a 35 millimeter print of invasion usa last year and it was sure. one of my favorite movies that i got to see at, at, at all last year because that movie's insane it really bums me out they played it recently in yonkers and i was planning to go and i had something come up and i couldn't go God, it's and i've so never seen it just has i mean it's basically the epitome of like Chuck Norris movies because sure. he's just that walking avatar for like conservative right wing values. Yeah. He's wearing denim the whole time. He uh is basically toting just dual Uzis to take people out. He wrestles alligators when you first meet his character. That's crazy. Um but his adversary is Richard Lynch, who most people will remember from like stuff like Bad Dreams. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. Has all that facial scarring from actually doing like acid and lighting himself on fire in real life. Yeah. Um, but Richard Lynch is basically leading a communist army to just take out America. There's no real like it's a canon films joint where you can tell that they're just making it up as they go along. But well, Richard Lynch's method of execution in this movie is he just shoots dudes' dicks off. Oh my god! <laughs> so the the whole movie is just completely absurd, but it's amazing. I mean, let's be clear too. There there, there was a a certain amount of absurdity to Silent Rage, especially. Oh, it's completely. Absurd. I mean, literally, it's like here's a mentally ill person who already seems to possess almost super strength. So let's make him also immortal. That they, and they again it it because the Silent Rage isn't canon. Right, no. I don't think no, that's I don't pre-canon think so Norris. Yeah, I think like, so. Back when he was doing like "Good Guys Wear Black" and yeah, um, things like that. Uh, yeah, it's super weird because there's no. It almost feels like a canon movie because sure. there's no real explanation given for no. any of it. <laughs> like this guy just kind of wigs out, and then you have these doctors. You have Ron Silver, who's like the voice of reason doctor, and then you have. I, I was trying to place the the head doctors as he the was actor. so familiar to me, and I didn't know who he was. I couldn't figure out who it was, and then you have Bill Finley as a doctor, the the Phantom himself. <laughs> um, we had two. just being like, fine, do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. <laughs> I did. I did love having that one, and then. Uh, Terror Vision, I was like, man, we're really getting the Phantom uh, cast out. Yeah, because you have Garrett Graham and yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, Silent Rage, it's, uh, again, um, you have to enjoy Chuck Norris movies to be in the sound. It's not like there's a horror movie and there's a little bit of Chuck Norris in it. It's a Chuck Norris movie with horror elements. Well, yeah, but it, it's also one of those things, and I, I've been having this argument lately with other BMD writers, especially Evan Sadoff, okay. who people will probably know as Sam Strange. Sure, is that sure, He's sure, a sure, big sure. Jean-Claude Van Damme fan. Um, he really loves kind of those trash action movies. He loves Dolph Lundgren. Um, but uh, he hates Chuck Norris. 
and like we'll like huh. actively like seek out when I like say things about Chuck Norris, like we'll just send me a tweet going Chuck Norris sucks. And what is his issue with Chuck Norris? I don't know yet. Where I'm. I still have to have this out with him. I forgot to actually talk to him about it at Fantastic Fest this year. But um, Silent Rage is one of the – kind of fits into key or, like, has the key elements of what makes Chuck Norris movies interesting to me is because he carries this weird balance of, again, being this almost avatar for wholesome middle America values with that stupid fucking mustache yep. and the – bowl cut but he's like there's always something about one of his characters that he plays in each movie that like represents like that middle America values and this one Silent Rage he's obviously playing almost like his Walker Texas Ranger like prototype yeah is because he's wearing all the denim he's got the cowboy boots is it it's all set in Texas so I had to ask someone for clarification because this is what's so weird about this movie. It's set in Texas and he's got the cowboy hat in the bar he has a cowboy hat on and so does the other what gave it away is the deputy also had the cowboy. It'd be one Flounder. thing. If, it'd be one thing if he was the eccentric sheriff who wears a cowboy hat, and everyone's like, "Why does that guy wear a cow?" No, no, no. All of the police in the movie wear cowboy hats. Even the extra police had cowboy hats. So I said, "Okay, this is Texas." And then you get past him, and other than extras, no one in the movie feels like they're from Texas. He's the only character for me in the whole movie who gives off. Texas, maybe, and even he doesn't have the accent. He just is like you could picture him in te- Flounder. You don't picture the the multiple we, Jewish doctors. Why are they in Texas? Like, uh, and in I, a basement in Texas, like yeah. they're performing these weird <laughs> experiments on this body with like this super serum that's almost like the Reanimator super serum, sure. but like it's in a boiler room in a Texas hospital, and nobody asks these questions. What I mean, I really want anyone to tell me that there was an experimental hospital in any place in the whole state of Texas in the 70s. Because I just want to let you know that that's not true. Well, this is 80... That's true. This 81, 82, 82, I want to say. Yeah. But, but still, you're not far yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and then the, just the fact that spoiler alert, the solution involves a well. That it's like, I'm going to throw you down a well is crazy to me. Well, spoiler alert. It's fine, I don't care. But... Uh, but you're you're actually approaching the other thing that makes Chuck Norris movies super interesting for me is that you have this balancing act. You have the whole Republican wholesome image yeah. thing going. But he was very much um, in these when he wasn't doing like Delta Force movies with yeah. Canon and stuff. He was in these hardcore exploitation and almost horror films. Is that you had stuff like. Uh, Silent Rage. Even like later, you had Hero and the Terror. Sure, um, stuff like the Hitman is super sleazy. Well, um, this had a lot of um, non-plot related boobs in it. Oh to, yeah, to to the extent that I was sitting there thinking, like, isn't this a little far for a Chuck Norris movie? Isn't Chuck Norris kind of like all American for this sort of thing? But it worked in the movie, so I don't know. Yeah, not not really because he's he very much he bought into that like. Golan Globus trash pair. Like they made him the dude that he, or the icon that he became like obviously training with Bruce Lee and stuff helped with that. Sure. But, uh, you know, he was very much, he balanced, had that weird tightrope act of like, I'm going to be like the guy that middle America lives up to, but I'm going to do it via these 
terrible, super sleazy pieces of trash sure. cinema that are, I don't understand. I don't like, if anybody's like, I don't like Chuck Norris movies, I don't get it because it's the perfect mm. hybrid of like action and horror a lot of the time. And like pure exploitation at times too. I will say I I do get it to the extent that uh, a certain segment of Chuck Norris movies, and it's I feel a small segment, but it exists, are marketed as uh, strict martial arts movies. And if you are a martial arts fan, I could see his style of martial arts is not what you're looking for. Oh, it's kind of bland. Yeah. It's it's very much the, rooted. The in- fight scenes are not actually that awesome. They're no. like awesome in like a, I can't believe he did that, but it's not like impressively, you know, I, even that, you know, the first movie, that weird horror kung fu comedy, there are a couple fight sequences where I was like, oh, word, like oh. they were getting into it, you know, like that was for real. I have ne- never watched a Chuck Norris fight scene where I was like, oh, whoa, I can't believe he did that. I have definitely watched many scenes where I'm like, oh, that's great. But- well, I would say, I would argue Dude, that when he takes out all the that shit kicker bar in Silent okay. Rage, that's a pretty good scene. Now, obviously, it doesn't stack up to any kind of like really sure. great Hong Kong choreography or anything, sure. but it's still pretty fun. There were there. It, I'm not saying it's not fun, but I don't know that everyone who watches martial arts, it's the focus is just fun. It's the acrobatics of it. It's kind of oh, totally. It, it's kind of like the. It's kind of like the. Uh, this is an exaggeration, but it's kind of like the capoeira factor. Have you ever watched capoeira videos? No. So the thing about capoeira, it's like that Brazilian dance fighting thing. I'm not going to watch this. Oh, no, no. Well, you, well, there's no reason for you to, but people know what it is they, as, as a form of martial arts. And the thing about capoeira is people watch capoeira for all the uh, gymnastics and all the crazy shit that looks really cool. But if you ever actually fought someone who studied capoeira, they're never going to do any of those things because those things are not useful. You learn to do that stuff as a way to like work your core and get stronger. But no one's like, oh, I'm in a fight. I better do a triple backflip, you know, spin. Like that doesn't actually happen. I think sometimes when people watch, the thing about Chuck Norris is if you want me to accept A, that his fight scenes are fun, 100%. But also B, that at the time he could actually win a fight, sure. Yeah, he could actually fight. Yeah, that was the fun part of it. But um, I just don't know that he ever worked with someone who caught his fights in a way that was cinematically like crazy to me. Well, in the same sense of why people watch, for example, The Raid or something like that. Yeah. Well, and again, but that's kind of where my whole argument, not just for those movies, but sure, for sure, sure. a lot of this stuff in general, is that you have to like contextualize is that when right. he was no, making totally. something like the hitman you know aaron norris <laughs> his brother was directing him so i mean yeah not a good who, filmmaker who, by the way i've met uh nice but enough I mean, dude and then you watch like you don't watch the octagon for chuck norris i literally watch just watched that for you but i mean you you watch it for like the weird ninja shit yeah. and then you watch it for lee van cleef's yeah completely insane weirdo pirate performance yeah. <laughs> that he's doing in that movie so uh for me the the surprise and i don't know why it was a surprise i guess it was a surprise because i would have assumed they had shown it too many times for it to play was night of the demons and it was kind of it's i was so stoked on it because one that was on my list to watch for Journal of Fear anyway, which I okay. guess I guess I shouldn't be stoked on it because now I got to find another movie to watch, but that's fine. But two, I certainly had never seen it in a theater, and I thought I had never seen it before. Watching it, I realized I had seen parts of it before, you know, but uh, I I had never seen it in a theater, and it was like so cool. I don't know, it was really cool to watch. Don't worry about it; it's fine. 
<laughs> we get background noise all the time. Nobody yeah. cares. <laughs> I, I, I'm really interested to see if any of those interviews that we did before the actual fest started, if they're even comprehensible at all with all the background noise. I think it's actually going to be fine, but we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> I actually feel pretty good about them, but that's because I've recorded at This Is Hardcore before. And yeah. <laughs> but um, Night of Demons, like, it's one of the epitome of, like, the audience film. Yeah. Is, like, it's, this is the... The, the environment that you go to see a movie like that in for yeah. like maximum effect yeah, because um, it's not going to work as well from your couch. It's the same no. way as like raw force is not going to yeah. work as well from your couch or yeah. lady Terminator is not going to work as well from your couch. That's going to, yeah. those are movies that are going to work in packed houses who are stoked to see, you know, scream Queens just act a fool. And I mean, Kevin Tenney is essentially making, and it never actually struck me until watching it this time. I've seen that movie a couple times. Sure. But he's very much making his hybrid of Return of the Living Dead and uh, Evil Dead. Yeah. It's very much like what he's doing there. Um, right. Because you have the whole punk rock kind of aesthetics. Um, what's his name? What's the, is it Stooge is the dude with the pig Stooge, nose? Stooge, yeah. He's essentially like the version of Suicide from Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the Linnea Quigley crossover between the two, and she dances in both and shows yeah. her butt and yeah. everything else. And mm, I got to tell you what, <laughs> a few things make me sit up in my seat quite, um, quite like uh, uh. Miss Quigley. I also liked, uh, for those of you listening to this now, the writer came, he did a little Q&A. Q&A was kind of cool. He gave some interesting details that I was surprised by. Um, and we were hope- I was hoping to grab a quick interview with him, but he just gave me his, he was just like, let's just do a phone interview where I can talk longer. And I was like, okay. So hopefully we're going to have an episode of Cinepunks with that guy. That seems cool. Weird thing, I never knew that it was actually written by a Philly dude, but yeah. now rewatching it, that whole like Italian jabroni character yes. feels pulled straight from Philly. So that was one of the yeah. Q&A questions was, uh, was that guy from... Was it Sal? Is Sal's Sal. name? So the guy said, is that, fucking... is that guy from New York slash New Jersey, or uh, did you instruct him to pretend to be that? And the guy goes, straight off the streets of Brooklyn. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, man, that that dude felt like he could be like a South Jersey or South Philly, just right. straight up. Supposedly, he still acts. Dude was like, look for his movies. I was like, do I want to do that? Is that I a mean, thing I want to do? I mean, mafia movies need extras all the time. <laughs> so. All right, so uh, we're going to wrap up. You're going to be writing something for Birth Movies Death, right, about yes. this? Um, I don't know what else to tell folks other than you should try to come to this next year like that it's like an experience and and the thing about it that i I realize is that um i think because it sells out so quickly i encounter more and more people who've just given up and there were people selling tickets today in line yeah you could if you show up you can probably get in yes the the key thing and it's just like anything else in life and it's it's actually more of what my article is about too part at least partially is the fact that like 
even if you can't go to exhumed, go to something like right. there are places all over the country that are doing these type of Halloween horror marathons. Like you have music box does like their music box massacre. Yep. The new Beverly does a, a literally a capper after a whole month of 35 millimeter programming. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, I think Nighthawk does something on Halloween. Nighthawk does one. Uh, Alamo does them. Alamo does them all over the country. They do dismember the Alamo. Um, I mean, there were definitely people who I wanted to come who were like, oh, I'm going to something else that was a similar thing. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. You know what I mean? That they're, they're doing something like that. That I think there's still others to go though. Like Alamo's Austin, uh, marathon isn't until actually on Halloween. It's all That's Agfa cool. prints. Is that what is that called? Dismember. Dismember the Alamo. The Alamo. Yeah. Um, but the whole the key thing here is that it's just you can't you can't complain about anything or you can't you can't really experience life if you don't show up. That's so, very fair. Um, you know, just get up off your couch. You might not make it too exhumed, but there's. And even if it's not a marathon, I guarantee you there's a rep house or there's sure. a there's an old theater, there's something in your area that's just playing horror films. And those, if those are your people, like that's who you should go see and commiserate with at yeah. this time of the year. Because if you don't, like, I like, why are you doing this? I think I think that's uh, one of the areas where we feel like this podcast actually really connects with something because in some ways we're just doing a niche podcast where we talk about punk, we talk about movies, who cares? But what those two communities I think share is that if people don't show up, it's actually not the thing. Like you, if you stay home and all you do is just watch Blu-rays on your TV, you are doing a thing. What you're doing is not necessarily even a bad thing. I don't want to say that you should feel bad. But don't say you're a part of that community if you don't show up. Yeah. You are a real fan when you show up to watch those movies with other people, to be there with them, to hear them. I mean, I met – now, don't get me wrong. I will caveat. The room smells. There are definitely some people here that I don't necessarily want to be friends with. But how is that different than any public event? How is that different than some of these people's living rooms? <laughs> <laughs> the point is, is that – it, no one's saying it's perfect, but I am saying that that's how you experience it. You show up, you come, you're a part of it, you meet a couple of people who aren't so bad, uh, you hear the audience respond, and you get you know you get a new a whole new uh, take on these movies and a feeling about them. So I don't know. I always leave this thing exhausted, but like really stoked. I don't think that your podcast is niche per se if you actually view it in terms of a kind of a broader context is that Hmm. it's it's a community podcast it's a podcast that extols the virtues of being in a community be it punk or film that's fair at all like it's just you can't connect if you if you just stay at home well i have to say a big thank you to jacob because uh Speaking of showing up, Josh could not show up. So he was at work. <laughs> He's literally texting me from work being like, is it good? Are you having fun? How's it going? So I, I, I feel compassion for him that he could not come. But uh, Jacob came all the way from Austin and is awesome on the on the cast. So uh, thank you for being here. Uh, read Jacob um, on Birth Movies Death. We repost his stuff a lot because we like it and uh thank you for listening and i hope you will come out to an exhumed event sometime soon 
Uh, side note, you may have see us, seen us post about the t-shirts we were selling at this event. We do have some left over. We thought we might sell out, and we did not sell out. We especially have some left over if you are a small or a medium, because it turns out there are not that many smalls and mediums at this event. So um, if you are a small or medium, or I think we actually still have a few largest too, we got you. If you need an XL, we might need to do a second run. If you need a 2XL, I have one 2XL left, so you better hit me up, brah. Uh, thanks for listening, and um, yeah, hopefully I'll see you out at something sometime soon. Yeah. Are you going to say the smoke bomb that Josh would normally do? I was going to – I don't know what I was going <laughs> to say. We're tired.